0: Hey, podcaster, meet Acast. We're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know. We empower you to develop your podcast idea, find your audience, and grow listener relationships, wherever those listeners are. You'll also find a whole range of ways to make money, from membership plans for paying fans, to our fully curated and creative advertising experience. Visit Acast.com network to find out more. Acast, for the stories.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here, and on today's jam-packed show, we have, I don't know which of the two magnificent people go to. First, I'll go to Adam. <laughs> magnificent is a bit overstating this a little bit, but thank you. Uh, yes, hello. Matt, I hope you're not that uh, modest. No, 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 I'm not a modest at all. Hello, how are we doing? Yeah, we're good, we're good. Uh, back on the winning streak? Who even doubted it? Sure like, Absolutely. We've got wins, <laughs> we've got signings to talk about. Life's all, all golden. It's all kicked off. Yeah, exactly, like... And people were worrying. Um, so on today's show, we'll cover some of the latest transfer news, transfer rumours, talk about the uh, pretty impressive comeback win against Southampton, and also preview the game against uh, Liverpool on Thursday night. We'll also be doing all the fun uh, Twitter corner and Dan's quiz towards the end as well. And just to give you, just to give you a little bit of a teaser, guys, the text I got from Dan earlier when he sent through uh, his quiz was some long worded questions sorry so oh, God, be prepared have to, have to concentrate yeah. now, now who fancies a drink of? I think we we're going to the tavern are we not we are <laughs> going to transfer a tavern <laughs> so Wolves made their first signing of the uh, January trans- transfer window uh, signing Leonardo Campana Correct. Is it is it Campana, not Campana? Just want to make sure we it depends what part of Wolverhampton you're from and yeah. how you pronounce your A's. I, I think Camp I think <laughs> I think Campana. Um three point five million, I believe it went through us in think you know end? what I don't actually know how much we paid for him, to be honest no. with you. I mean he's That's not quite the, a lot for uh, yeah. Like, I mean he seems to be sort of fairly highly rated in terms hmm. of what I know of. The Ecuadorian football scene, uh, but he's kind of not going to play for the next couple of weeks, I'm right, in thinking, as he's now playing uh, for the Ecuadorian under-23s. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think when you
2: think about fees, it's a little different in terms of Wolves, because we've had players come in for a relatively smaller fees than we were used to, like, Jamitinho for five million, that kind of makes no sense to us, so... The fee, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what that translates to. What is it? What is a client of Mendes?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. Do we have to disclose it? Is that was that, or was that? Because we know do think like it, an I think it has been a touted fee, um, oh, okay. rather than it sort of being sort of a reported fee. Reported. Of yeah, a half a I'm bit. sure there'll be add-ons. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Some interesting um, Mr. Mendes clauses. Some Mende- Mendes add-ons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there have been sort of two other players Wolves have been heavily linked to uh, so far in the transfer window, or in the last kind of couple of days. Uh, both, <laughs> interestingly, uh, from uh, the Greece um, top flight. Um, so you've had Nelson Oliveira, formerly of um, Norwich, Norwich, Norwich City Norwich. fame. And also, and I don't know why I love this name so much, but Daniel Pondence. Pi podence. Podents. Just it sounds it sounds very British for a Portuguese winger.
2: <laughs> mm, to podence on something sounds like a, a verb yeah. I probably don't use. Yeah, to often. podence.
1: <laughs> but um we'll we'll cover sort of um poddy first. Um so he's touted yeah, as that is, the, is that his nickname already? Poddy. I, I, I don't know what else it could be. Poddy on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> God, if he signs for Wolves, we all know what the title of this is going to be. <laughs> um, I mean, it, like we do for any sort of new signing, we go straight to video games. And we look straight at uh, Football Manager for one. I mean, in terms of his stats, it's pretty impressive, to be fair. So, in terms of his kind of technical attributes, dribbling, first touch, technical, um, all sixteen, seventeen, um, crossing a thirteen. Um and his physical attributes are all really high apart from his jumping reach um and strength. Um and he's a um sort of very highly ranked in Flair as well. So I mean by the sounds of it he can pretty much play on either wing, um, or behind sort of the striker. So in theory, somebody like him's kind of quite well suited to mm-hmm. um the kind of the various formations we can play and might he's playing really well at the moment and we'll touch on to him a little bit, but potentially that step up from Neto in terms of someone who's currently doing that utility role?
2: Yeah, I I just love how the barometer of a successful player in this day and age is football manager and or FIFA Ultimate Team, which is how I got my (laughs) research. Um, Yeah, is it direct competition really in terms of Neto and Jota and maybe will allow Jota that freedom to move into the striker role yeah. as there's more competition now with Neto to fill that position if he comes in, which I think can only benefit us. We don't know how Campana will fare, whether he is good enough to be um, Jimenez's backup and do that consistently. So to have someone that is direct competition that allows Jota to move in, maybe I think will really benefit us, should it get, you know, come to fruition.
3: Yeah, it's good because I mean, right now we need we need the options really across that forward line, and um, I think Neto has been improving quite a lot um, over the last few weeks, and I think he's probably given the fact that we've sold forward players and like someone like Jot has had injuries, he's probably Neto has probably played a lot more than you what know, he, what expected. the manager would have expected mm. what the Fans had expected, probably what the players expected to be honest. I don't think Neto probably would have expected to have started so many games. Because would I've been? it's improved. It's, it's yeah. improved with it though. With with playing so many games, but yeah, Podenc if he does come in, then he will. He maybe probably won't take his spot straight away because he'd be a bit hard as a January signing to go straight in. Mm. New, I mean, mm. new league, new country, everything and, and all that. So he might be introduced slowly yeah. from the bench. But given what we've paid for him and his pedigree you would probably I mean, talking, see him overtake yeah. Neto. I mean they're,
1: see, they're talking sort of a fairly substantial fee sort of 20 million uh, plus so they said to be like
3: a record outgoing transfer from the Greek yeah. league I mean it's, it's the Greek league so veteran, what, it, not one of you is best but um, he seems a, to have yeah. a lot of skill what would fit into our team and he probably over time he would probably get it to be a first team starter
1: yeah I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a Interesting signing because you've kind of got hope with kind of Cavalero now permanently moved on. Costa will be moved permanently on in the summer. You know the question mark has been in terms of the reinforcement side of it, whether we've kind of got rid of players who aren't quite at the level that's needed, but we've not brought in direct replacements. And Neto has done well. You know, it's taken a little bit of a while. He's still a very young player. Um, and he's kind of st- just about stepped up for it. But you kind of feel like we need another couple of players who are already at that level. And hopefully someone like Podence will be that player. Just that, I know, slightly more clinical version of a Costa and Cavalero, maybe.
2: Yeah, you want someone that's going to be able to have an impact straight away and not have to be... Molded as a raw talent, you want someone that can mm. get in straight away and make an impact, and I suppose that's what comes with a fee of you know twenty yeah. million pounds, euros, or whatever, whatever it is that we're paying. In.
1: You know, especially with kind of Neto, um, it, when he signed for Wolves, is sort of a part of that, you know, double deal mm-hmm. uh, with um, Jordan. Yeah. Um, it, from from what I sort of picked up, it seems that Jordan was kind of a more highly rated mm-hmm. player, and it seems that slightly by necessity but you know neto has been given quite a lot of chances this season and you've kind of got a i know with him look at it that he wouldn't you know we had the option of having costo cavallero into in, in that team and he's let both of those senior pros go out mm-hmm. and back to netto um which must sort of do quite a lot for Neto. Well, I said, uh, um, "Well, I think it was Alex
3: uh, Goncalves on Twitter. He posted an article today, and he, and th- there were question. Probably, probably a question he asked himself, but he said that is Podens better than Cavalero and Costa, mm. and he said like resoundingly, yes, he is. I and mean, this is like Podens is a guy who's literally on the cusp of the Portugal squad. Yeah. Um, but what he, Richie mentioned about being clinical, <laughs> he actually pointed out he's one. Pereira's one big biggest weakness is actually his finishing. Oh, okay. Mm. And he says it's something you've got to bear with him, with you know he's he's not a great finisher. Um, but yeah, I mean to go back to what you pointed out he'll give us more options, what we need because at the minute we have literally no other option than playing yeah. Neto, Jimenez, and Traoré. And I go I go back to what I said before in the fact that Neto um, Neto has been getting better and better as, as each game's gone on, but we've had to play him because 'cause we've we had to, mm. really. I, I I personally don't think if we had, you know, more players or a full strength team I don't think he would have got as much game time. No, no not at all. But like I say, I mean we we and he has benefited from playing so many games. You can see
1: in certainly the last five or six games yeah. his confidence has come on leaps and I bounds. Think I'd almost rather it that way in a way, to see a young player come into the team. Not I was going to say not that he's poor to start with, but you look at sometimes a young player can be sort of thrusted into a team and adrenaline just gets them through it. You look at someone like yeah. David De- or like, you know, it covers over cracks a lot of the time. So someone like David Davis when he sort of played half a dozen games in the Premier League. He wasn't great and he was playing for a poor side but he looked good in a mediocre side or a poor side in the Premier League and by the time actually it dropped down the divisions his flaws really started to show yeah. as... Even when the team got better in League One, he looked not the right sort of player and not the right level of quality when you compared him to Price and McDonald. And it's, it probably stands better to Neto over. yeah, he looked a bit shaky being a young lad in a new country, in a new system, in a new culture. But actually, you've seen, you know, even in nine months at the club or, you know, eight months or whatever, it's, always, it's been sort of quite refreshing to see his growth in the team. And you can almost see... Every game he plays, he gets a little bit better each time. Yeah, and I, I think mean that's really um, that's really kind of positive for Wall Sands going forward.
2: Yeah, youthful exuberance does cover up some of the more technical aspects of someone's game, but and I'm sure we'll get onto it when we talk about um, Southampton. But you know, he seems a lot more composed now. He doesn't seem like a deer in headlights or anything no. like that. So for that point, you know, he is improving. And and you know, competition is always good. So to bring mm. a player in to give competition, you know, it should. Make everybody better, so we're all for it. Really,
1: briefly, sort of before we move on to the Southampton game, quick thoughts on Nelson Oliveira. Did really well um, at Norwich for a couple of seasons, got nineteen and sixty-five. He's had spells at Forest where he did okay, got a one in three record there as well in the Championship. And he's um, sort of so far this season, he's got uh, nine and fifteen for um, AEK a- Athens. Do we think? Because I, when I sort of saw this link to him, I sort of thought, you know what? Maybe loan until the end of the season, he can come on for Jimenez when we're, you know, one, two goals up and just reserve our, you know, our marquee striker. But will he have that quality to really... Mm. Uh, you know, it's a difficulty when sort of replacing, not replacing, but finding someone to marry up with Jimenez because it's either... You know he's he's our he's our man he's the guy, right? Like, so, whoever's kind of coming into the squads must be sort of like half prepared to sit on the bench a lot. So when I saw it, I thought actually you know what maybe as a loan deal. I thought it might, yeah. might as well it's hard because this is a problem we've talked
3: about many times on the pod, isn't it? That the difficulty we have is the difficulty like that Spurs have having time to buy spik- trying to buy strikers back up for the main striker so we've got him and there's who he doesn't even really come off off the pitch after 80 minutes gets subbed off he plays the full 90 pretty much all the time so that's probably one of the things that Cotrone also struggled with the fact that he just wasn't getting game time because we just we don't really sub Jimenez mm. off to be honest because c- of what he brings to the team but um, I mean Oliver I, I can't say I'm too familiar with how he's been getting on career-wise Oliveira, but I trust the club in the fact that if they can see him as he can bring benefit to the team in some way naturally he'll be from the bench um, then I'm more for it and again we go back to what we said before it's better getting numbers in now so literally at the minute as a direct replacement for him, and there's we will be bringing on Benny Ashley Seal so as someone as a team that are yeah. going for like top five top four Premier League and Europa League we can't Really, be bringing Benny all credit. No, all respect to Benny Ashley Seal, but we can't really be really to bring yeah. him on. So, if we if we can look, bring someone in who's a step up on him, and th- this Oliveira obviously is a step up on on Benny Ashley Seal, then I'm more than happy for, for him to come on. W- whether that be loan or short term contract, I don't know what the situation is there, but I would trust the club in if they if they like him and they can see something that will bring us benefit, then I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, I think it, as a short term proposition, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it, but. I'd want us to, as a club, move away from... At the, at, the po- at the point in the career that Oliveira is, I'm not suggesting he's a mercenary, but it's a, a mercenary signing. We just need yeah. somebody in that knows they're not going to be playing a lot of game time. And if that was the case, then I would prefer a younger player from the academy to fit in that role because that player is going to already know the system. They're already mm. going to have be embedded in the culture of the club already. However, in the short term numbers are needed and it's not just a case of having warm bodies on the bench Yeah, you do want someone with quality and he has scored goals in his career as a longer term as a longer uh, term target yeah. I don't think it's it would it, be something that if we want to progress we pursue but there's, you know to keep us mm. with enough bodies on the bench for the rest of the season I don't see there's any harm in it I think yeah. you
3: have to remember as well it's it's the January window and predominantly yeah. predom- predom- the January window is for firefighting yeah you, you don't make any long term no. um, transfer Targets coming on the January window, um, not not unless not not if you're prepared. Anyway, you, yeah. don't, you don't really. And with there's, the uh, there's very rare ones that work out. I mean, obviously, probably Van Dijk Liverpool's the main one January transfer
1: that's worked out. But yeah, yeah I, I think it's a cover, especially really. with um, you know, particularly this year with the Euros coming up. Players will be apprehensive about moving if they think it could jeopardise their space in a of course yeah. in, a, in a first team national team, or it'll be the other way and actually they need to force a move and. It's gonna. It, it, I think it's going to be an interesting last sort of, um, you know, 10 days or so, um, whilst we're recording this, um, of the transfer window, and I can hopefully, it sort of seems like the club have kind of got a bit of momentum, because for the first couple of weeks, they really weren't being le- linked to anyone, and now all of a sudden, quite a, few, a couple of these names are kind of cropping up, and the club seem to sort of be quite on top of it, I think, at the moment, in terms of the PR around it so hopefully in the next uh, or even by the time this pod comes out we might have a uh, couple of new signs to talk about out of curiosity guys how did you two feel at about 3.45 um, on Saturday Uh, well I
2: think the kitchen needed cleaning had to put some washing away had to do all sorts of things that had no impact on football whatsoever I think
1: yeah I think 2-0 down Against, let's be honest, a not particularly great Southampton side. An improving one. Improving one, but. It's one we should be beating. N- not a. Not a great side. It felt at that point for that 20 minute spell at half time. All the, basically, the character assassinations of Wolves. They're tired. They can't change the system. A- everything sort of. Came at them in that sort of twenty-minute online spell on Twitter, and then the second half happened. <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, part of me, what you know, it, it, it's difficult because there's quite a few criticisms I think of the team that we could sort of lay on them, and it's working out how much those three goals in the second half paper over a lot of the cracks in that team um, going forward. Um overall what did we kind of think of the the game the performance if you know was it a tale of two halves for you guys does it has it sort of um sit with yourselves because i think I, i'm it, i'm really happy we got the win and it shows a lot of character desire all of those great traits but there are some really fundamental flaws i think walls are slipping up on still
2: yeah absolutely and i mean when you say paper over the cracks, I think you're absolutely right. The defence, you know, an inquiry would have to look into the defence, especially for the first goal. I think it must have got past five men, that uh, whipped-in yeah. ball, which is inexcusable, really. And Patricio's been given quite a bit of flack over the two goals conceded, I think slightly un- unjustified. Um, and, and this is the, this is the issue when you have two central defenders who aren't central defenders by their trade yeah. filling in essentially what they're doing and sometimes they do fantastically well but sometimes errors creep in that are avoidable and that is one glaring flaw basically and we haven't got that willy bolly factor back quite yet. Um and we've got two central defensive midfielders covering so you are gonna ha- you are going to see mistakes and Bennett must be thinking to himself sometimes, you know I'm not the flashiest player on the pitch. I certainly can't do a 50-yard diagonal wonder ball, you know, 10 times a game. But I am a an out-and-out out defender, and yeah. these mistakes wouldn't happen on my watch. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one, really. And, you know, one thing I, I mentioned on a pod a few uh, weeks back, the cliche that I really hate about Wolves being tired. Well, um, that, I think, is a tired and overused cliche. Mm. The, cl- the new cliche now is, well, Wolves have conceded first in X amount of games, but they've, they've come back from losing positions so many times. And there's only so many times that you can bank on that, and there's only yeah. so many times that you want to hear that because, yeah, it's great that we've got all these points from losing positions, but there's a, there's a problem there. Mm. There's a much bigger problem than us winning the games. The fact that we're always going behind because of these defensive errors.
1: See, I, I, I do think that the players tired. But I don't think it's physically. I think it's mentally. And I think that's why at the start of the games, they either aren't approaching you in the right manner as a, as a team in a unit or they're being coached into it, which I kind of doubt. But those little laps in concentration, it it just gets exemplified. And, you know, especially at Premier League level, and there are a few players still in this team who were playing championship football 18 months ago, two years ago, and at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the Vestergaard goal to start with, you know, Doherty, you know, dropped off and sort of got suckered in. And, it, you know, even for Shane Long's goal, it sort of both came for that right side of defence where, you know, Donker and Doherty, you know, are probably a little bit more casual and relaxed about life, I'd say. Um, I'd say- so you say... Be- to be honest, if Bennett's playing, and I really like Den Donker, and I like him at centre half, um, and I get what you're saying about Willie, Bolly giving you that physical kind of that like dominance, and you know, especially for the second goal, if Bennett's on the pitch playing right side centre half, just I don't think that goal goes in. I
3: think you've got to be. I think for interest of balance, I mean, we've we've had Den Donker and Say to the back for a while now, and. By and large, they've, they've been fine, you know, we've we've, we've talked them mm. up before about, you know, how well we've been at the, how well drilled we've been at the back, and obviously I'm going a bit to earlier points in the season, but we've talked about how good we are at the back, where we've effectively got three midfielders playing in their back mm. three, essentially, but... It's a, it's a, we all lauded Dendonka when he first got moved to the back because we thought that it's great don't forget when we bought him we all thought that was his natural position anyway when mm-hmm. we first bought him and it was only where he got pushed into midfield when he first started playing so you have to argue you can argue which his natural position is but you know he's quite adept at playing at both central midfield and defence but you, on the flip side again you'd have to be honest and say he has been making a few mistakes there there recently Um but, you know, we've got, we have got Bolly coming back. Hopefully he'll hit the ground running when he comes back. But um, I think I think he was, I think Dendonka was at fault for the s- the second, I think he lost it, Long. Yeah, didn't he, he lost his man, yeah, yeah sure. He lost, that's, that's, yeah, that was, I mean, that's a concern because Shane Long's not a prolific goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination mm. and probably we've got a similar goal ratio that Shane Long has. Um, so it's, it will be he, he himself will probably be, be a bit frustrated that you know he's got he's beat him and beaten for a header of all things as well. Um, and Sace is it does he does uh, he's you know such a solid player Sace is he, he does a good job at the back. Um, but yeah, you don't kind of want to get suckered into the old cliches. I mean, we're probably again they're all coming out at time, weren't they? As as Matt says about it, the, the tiredness factor creeping in again, and it's uh, these things only get trotted out when we're in a bad position or we're yeah. losing. Obviously, you don't hear from it, you know, when we're drawing or winning because ev- all any negatives just get kind of swept under the mm-hmm. rug. But yeah, first half I was um, I wasn't. I put in the chat group I just I wasn't impressed. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't say that the travelling fans were really. I suppose there was a, might have been a few tickets being thrown on the the <coughs> pitch. Do people still throw their season ticket books? No, It's ten, <laughs> ten, well, it's ten, it's ten pounds to get that car back. So I doubt it. <laughs> no one throws the season cars anymore, <laughs> do <didn't> they? <laughs> But yeah, I, c- I can imagine it wasn't great. It wasn't f- wasn't the barrel of laughs for the you know the, the fans in attendance there. Because um, I mean, while well, Southampton are a, a, an improving side and they have gone, I think prior to that game it was about five or six games or whatever it was without a loss, it's a, a team you look at and think, yeah, we should be we should be dispatching these. Hmm. As I said last week on the pod, you know, air first eleven mixes it with anyone, so I, w- I would definitely yeah. be confident us beating Southampton. But um, nonetheless, it's going to be a tricky game. But yeah, that first half wasn't wasn't pretty at all and then obviously it turned out to be a bit of a a tactical masterstroke with changing the dharma at half time yeah.
1: yeah we lured him into that false sense of security that's he, what it is after Bednarak and long school we like, you know what you've had your fun and then it was a really interesting because tactical tweak um i thought because it's not like nuno especially with sort of the players that we've got as well for him to sort of decide to just push Trey over a little bit further inwards, and to be fair, out, out of that Southampton team, if you if I had to pick sort of any players who I'd re, you know who you'd ideally want, I really like both their fullbacks. Um, I like Bertrand and I like um, Cedric on the other side. I think they're both really good players. So I think it was interesting how they kind of shut down walls predominantly in the first half, but second half, I say we we. Uh, whether it was a rocket up their arse or you know what they remembered how to play football They they were a different side and <clears throat> you know we, we spoke about netto earlier in the show and that composure he showed i think in october I, I think he probably fluffs it or he doesn't get it quite under his feet and it's an awkward one for him to take from you know, getting it on his chest and sort of Turning, it was almost a bit Jimenez-esque, wasn't it? Just hanging yeah. a shot well, I on did the turn. Find, I
3: did find it quite funny because the ball come in, and if we're honest, it did completely miscontrol control. Because oh. it, it, it went to touch it, bounced off his chest, and then he managed to turn, pause. There's three defenders straight in front of him, and they still managed to get his shot off. It was like terrible defending by Southampton, but
1: it's a great finish from Neto there. Really. I was going to say there was quite a lot of terrible defending by Southampton in <laughs> that second half. I think all th- if I was um, Hassan Hutto, I would be. Fuming at all three of those goals, second half were horrendously preventable. Um, I I
3: think it's great that Neto getting amongst the goals, though, because Mm. I mean, even if if, if the the United and Liverpool goals stood, he would have had about four or five now, at least.
1: You know, as I say, you compare him to Costa, who really struggled to make his mark in the Premier League goal wise or even assist wise, and you know, Nesso, when he's been given a chance, he's got a run of games in the side, which isn't always the easiest thing in the Premier League, and it's happened by, you know, a bit of luck personally for him. He is delivering output, which is yeah. the exact thing that you, 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 you're you marked on at the end of the day as a forward player. And, mm. you know, what, one of my greatest loves watching Wolves the last, uh, since we've been in the Premier League is how when the game's slightly on the line... Johnny also decides he wants to play at front. <laughs> he just pop like, a bit, is not He he will just I remember when we played like Man City um, away from home earlier this season and for trial race second, Johnny was about ten yards behind him and he was the second player nearest to him. And like for that goal, no one could tell me in like a structured formation that your left wing back no. will be basically in the number nine position. Um, to win that penalty I mean Well, yeah exactly (laughs) but VAR came to our favour lads I've always loved it I've always loved it
2: (laughs) one quick point on on, um, Neto before we talk about VAR I just wanted to say Buffal was in a similar position at the end of the game where he skied Mm. his shot and that's where the composure side of things from Neto is so much better especially with the ghosts of of Anfield and Old Trafford gotta be rattling around you know it, I, there was no real shout for a VAR check you know the ball touched his chest and that was absolutely fine but mm. you know his composure has gotten a lot better and you, like you said without those um, without those chalked off goals looking very very different set of I'm statistics say, I, I
1: think it's uh, I'd describe it as focused and like almost everything he's doing so like actually you know what if he gets kicked by a fallback or he you know, or he kicks a fall back. You, you can almost see his head. I'm sure there's a couple of games over the season. You saw his head go a little mm. bit. He just got got a bit flustered. Whereas what he's doing now, it's almost quite measured. He's uh, he's playing very much sort of within himself in that sort of way. That actually he's kind of got that confidence and that belief in himself, which is. Which is great. I think um, when you've
2: done that celebration at Anfield and then England. that celebration and then it gets chalked off and you've got to look back at yeah. the flailing, wailing, it, wacky, inflatable arm guy celebration you did, it, it, that would be humbling <laughs> to anybody. I yeah,
1: think. That, that is a big <laughs> come down. <in> the <laughs> way he comes to it. it doesn't yeah. celebrate anymore, does any he? No. I, think. no I, I don't think you can.
3: He refuses to, in case it gets chalked off again.
1: Do we think it was a penalty? <laughs> 100%, 100% I think I it was a penalty. Know I, what? I do. I do. 100%. I don't know what. I was going to say people um Southampton manager was so uh, uh, you know shocked by it. was it the fact that he didn't go to the monitor or something he wanted like the, he, that? Wants, he wanted the referee to look at the monitors he doesn't think it should be because do- all I think I, th- in, I think if the ref gone the to his monitor yeah, surely like this grounds for like you know red card sort like it, mm. uh, well I his
2: d- argument was that Cedric was ahead was further ahead uh of Johnny that he would have had it covered but that well, in that case, then it's a it's a clear obstruction. Yeah, and and that's, so I'm not quite sure what that point. I mean, is,
1: you, either is have for. It, you either have it for the sort of a body check, or you have it for the slide and tackle. Like you know, literally both your defenders of there's been a lapse in communication. You know, uh, you know one of them should be going for it. They've almost kind of got in each other's way a bit. Um, Just think, it's, my lads, this. It's, They've all said it's going to even itself
3: out. It's all it's going to start coming up Millhouse now I'll, for <laughs> us. I, I think I'm probably
1: one of the few um, people in the fan cast who wouldn't say I'm for VAR, but actually, it, it's, it's A, it's here to stay, and you know we, we, we haven't got time to go on a big VAR rant, but you know the decisions that have gone against Wolves, I know that the, the marginal offsides are always shitty. But actually, you know, I think Jimenez had a handball um, against Southampton in the home leg, and you know that that got reviewed to VAR. And it was, you know, it's handball, Handball's handball. Same with this one; it's a foul. It's been balled as one. Well, I don't. And, you, know, I, you just I, gotta if, hope that it goes your way sometimes. If we're
2: talking to the to the VAR gods, I don't think this is one that should be up for debate. No. I think I think this actually is is a great example of a clear and obvious error. By yeah. the referee being rectified, I don't think I don't think we've what, got away with one with the this ref one.
1: Didn't give it initially, did he? No. So, you know, th- this is this is almost the whole point of VAR, um, rather than you know the the you know armpit hair off sides. and I don't know. I think they they they've messed it up a bit this season in, in terms of that. And the rules haven't quite helped them, but you know. <laughs> it Didn't really stop him in this from the penalty spot. I've just. He's got a, f- he has got a pair of balls on him, hasn't he? It's ice cold it isn't just... it when it comes to penalties. Ice cold for a Mexican. Yep, yeah. that's right. <laughs> paradox in just itself. <laughs> he is. Honestly, I, 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 I could put my mortgage on it. Just the way he steps up for it. And he does that little stutter. And every time I think, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, no, just absolutely. Predator from a penalty spot.
2: You do, uh, you know, you are pretty confident when he picks up the ball for a penalty, um, and it's more, it, it's, it's, it's not a case of um, power. It's just a case of placement. You know, the keeper can go the right way, but because he's so accurate in how, mm. how close to the um, how close to the corner, you know, it's often the case that keeper not get a hand to it anyway. Um, and then at two-two, it completely changes the game. That's probably the one thing Hassan who got right. Yeah, mm. at two-two, it completely changes the game. Um and yeah, penalty deserved and penalty well put away and another one for for Jimenez's uh, bank account with us. Just yeah. f- fantastic.
1: Now I, I didn't I, I didn't go to the game. I must admit I listened on the uh, on the radio to WM UM and I can tell you when it was. So in like the seventy fifth minute, um, basically the co comms. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. It went. there's a two on two situation here. always got the ball and. Again, sort of going back to my point about I'll be fuming if I was Southampton fan because all three goals were basically from defensive mistakes. I don't know how they ended up with a position of, like, Traore and Jimenez on the halfway line against, like, two of their defenders. And then, you know, there's two things that I thought were massively key about the goal was Traore's ability to get his head up, which, um, you know, I I was listening to the... Jules and Andy podcast um, earlier today and they sort of said, you know, one of the hardest things for a really fast player to do is run down the line and get their head up in time and pick someone out. And like that's the big thing for Troy over this season, isn't it? That actually he's just got his head up and just gone, oh, actually, there's my mate over there who's probably in a better position I can pass him to. And like, the way he stalled for time, almost to manipulate the defenders to go into a certain space and him and have to take that step back. But Again, it, the confidence of that finish from Jimenez, who has looked a bit jaded the last couple of weeks. He's not quite been 100%. To come away second half with a brace and, you know, an ice-cold penalty. And again, a really accomplished finish. Like, as soon as that ball gets pulled back to him, I don't think anyone's in really any doubt. But he, he, he never looks like he's going to sky those. And I yeah. think that's the difference between, say, the foul at the end of the game.
2: You're absolutely right. And, and when you say about stalling for time... 9 times out of 10 Troyore will go to the byline running cut across and cross mm. it in for him to allow the defender to make that decision and we've seen that before Jimenez take that step back receive the ball shoot mm. from Troyora like that you know it's obviously something they work on and build built a good partnership together um and you know Troyora done really really well to get in that position to be able to make um to make that opportunity and i know there's a lot about a handball and should it have been a handball like the situation when Van Dyke hmm. handballed in, in quote-unquote inverted commas about their um, their goal against us. It's just, uh, yeah, if you're Southampton, I think you've got to look at the defensive errors more the how you feel about the rules in this I scenario.
1: Say, I, I, I think for me, before I sort of let Adam have his two cents, is that I think it's A, very harsh if you give it as a handball, but B, he's got his back to goal, and he's 55 yards away from the goal, and if that's the thing that you pinpoint about why that's goals being conceded, then you're kind of probably overlooking a lot of other factors mm. in terms of how that ball's ended up in the back of the net.
3: I mean, for me, I, I didn't really pay too much attention to so the the ball, but To be honest, um, and didn't we say that like, the rule is like basically if it's got to be immediately after or something, hasn't it? In a lot of times, yes. Oh. Since then, the, the thing I like about the goal is that essentially it's not even like. It's just basically Troy initially against five of their defenders because yeah. Jimenez is just no, he's just ghosting in the back and they've not once looked at where Jimenez is and he's just go. They've all got their eyes on Troy yep. because and know how much of a danger he is. But I mean, five, five on one. <laughs> <laughs> Normally you say I don't like them odds, but no, exactly. uh, With Troy you never quite know. And he's just that that back heel just to t- turn round. Jimenez is just left wide open, and. Um, He's a good job. as a good finisher as well. Him, well, a decent finisher, Him and Jimenez, because it, when it's pulled back to you, you can put it in with no height, bottom corner.
1: Hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic finish. Yeah. But overall, as I say, it, it's papered over a couple of cracks, which it looks like we sort of hopefully addressing in terms of some extra additions and with players coming back from injury. So I think overall, sort of, Wolfs fans are happy. They know that we've got a game on Thursday night, which is going to be a really good... Um, sort of huge game which we'll talk about after a break
0: hey podcaster meet Acast we're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know we empower you to develop your podcast idea find your audience and grow listener relationships wherever those listeners are you'll also find a whole range of ways to make money from membership plans for paying fans to our fully curated and creative advertising experience Visit ACAST.com slash network to find out more. ACAST, for the stories.
2: Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show and my voice is here. You know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say um, we've got a lovely website and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that.
3: And if you're looking for web design or your business needs a new logo or a bit of marketing, go take
2: a look at pixelyetimedia.com. And also, they're not just web designers. They're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites to brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com.
1: So, on Thursday night, the title, um, all but title, winners uh, Liverpool are coming into town, they're on the back of a pretty decent run of form. Um, but you know what? I quite fancy us on Thursday night. Mm. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, yeah, they are an unstoppable juggernaut of the moment. Liverpool. They, you know, are blowing teams away. But I kind of just think how we play, particularly at home, I think if anyone's going to be able to stop them, it's kind of us.
2: Yeah, the the one thing for me, um, which is the the major difference to City, is with City's firepower up front, absolutely fantastic, can destroy teams. We've seen it on multiple occasions. You know, they, they have the ability to concede a goal, City, as we've learned mm. quite a few, on, a, on a few occasions. Liverpool haven't conceded a league goal since the 4th of December um, against Everton. And then they only conceded a goal against uh, Monterey, I think it was, in, in, the, in the, the semi-final of the Super Cup. Or oh, the Club World Cup, sorry. So, that's the thing for me that, is that will, will be difficult for us in that they aren't anywhere near as easily penetrable. Yeah. Um, so it's it's gonna be one of those, but if you know, if anybody can do it, I, I do feel like we have a good opportunity to, you know, eat, sleep, beat the streak. Beat I'm the streak. <laughs> I mean, um, we're one of the only few
3: teams in the league that's given a game, really. That yep. that game at Anfield, bearing in mind that we made a few changes for that game as well. Mm. Um I like to think eight o'clock Thursday night kickoff, the fans will be up for it as well. Um I'm trying to think of how, the, how it might go because there's been a few times this year where yeah Liverpool do obviously keep winning, but you can see sometimes with the amount of games they're playing as well, sometimes they're just function they're getting a one 0 win functionally. I just think it does it does sound a bit daft when you think you know they're they're what twenty twenty two games twenty one wins you think well. <laughs> it's a and ball. yeah, what and chance, what chance like, like, you what know what? Do you think I reckon. Fanciest, yeah, it should. But no, but quite a few people do mm. fancy us because what have we got to lose? Essentially, mm. it's like I hate the term, but free hit. a free hit. Yeah, and I don't want to. I yeah. was trying to think of something else. You, but, but for us, we just don't, we don't have too much to lose. Not not the, the the most neutral people won't expect too much of Wolves, but probably the more observed pundits and Wolves fans can think, no, no, we we actually can actually have a, have a go. We we have. Got firepower in our locker to actually upset them. We've got Triore who obviously can cause them damage. Mm. We've got we're, we're relatively good, you know, at, at, um, as a solid functional back line. I know we've, let, we've you know we've that stat that Matt mentioned earlier about us, you know we've, we've been the first you can see quite a lot, but we're just one of the few teams in the league who can cause some real problems. I mean, not even like a le- when Leicester played Liverpool, blown away. Yeah. When
1: we played them. It, We've actually put up a really it, good fight against them. Yeah, it does feel like we will give them a game, and you know, almost in a way similar to Man U at the weekend because Man United restricted them quite a bit, and they they almost followed the Wolves blueprint of when we lost to them, which admittedly can't be that great a blueprint. Um, but like you know, that you know, we will nullify them um, out wide and make sure that we stop the crossfield switches from. Um, Alexander Arnold and Robertson, and then you know half of it's you know their midfield's very a very functional midfield, and it's not where their creativity comes from. Which I don't think will worry Walls too much. I think all they need to do is actually just try and keep somebody like Van Dyke that bit more occupied than they did previously. And you know, with respect to him, and it probably requires him to do that bit more of a defensive job, it almost marking a centre half, which will be a bit. Weird, but you know we, Wolves are very good, especially when the ball's in front of them, at filling in those gaps at the back, and you know not getting exploited. And I don't know. I think after the win against Southampton as well, they, I feel like there's probably a lot of confidence back in that squad because of the last few games, and you know playing against Man United, most like, two FA Cup games where yeah, with the greatest, but I don't think Wolves were really a hundred percent wanting in, in either tie you combine it with the Watford game as well it's not quite, pro- you know, pretty much since the start of the year it's been a bit doom and gloom because there's you know, there's been obviously dire need for e- reinforcements in the squad and the, you know, it hasn't had the right sort of feel about the place but hopefully after the win against Sunday uh, on Saturday, sorry I don't know, Like I, I think we'll, we'll at very least give them a good game, chiefly because Wolves don't tend not to give Team's a good game anymore. Yeah, it's not you know a I mean? It's it's yeah. not like we'll we'll get sort of our you know, sa- same way sort of let' to Leicester, you know, we're not I'm say this now, I doubt we'll get a sort of, you know, our bellies tickled and you know it'll be a three nil defeat. But I don't know, I feel like we've got enough about us to really make them think, and especially after what happened at Anfield and the um netto goal that never was, we know that we can put them under pressure and you know hopefully we can just do the the simple stuff right that we didn't always do against Southampton and and, you know get into half time at nil nil sort of thing and really make them sort of question you know because they they might turn around actually second half of the season and you know not the motivational dip because they still got a title to win but will there be a few more draws in the second half of the season for them as opposed to you know the amount of wins they've had and, you know, because they, I mean, no team will be able to win every game in the season. Thankfully they've drawn one. <laughs> but will there be a point where they almost have a fear of losing, if you know what I mean? And actually, if it gets to the 75th minute and it's nil-nil, will they go, as you know, with 16 points clear at the moment, will be 17 with this win sort of thing? Is it best for us to keep it at nil-nil, shut up shop, and you know, if we can get one on the counter, fine, rather than going, actually let's go for a win, because they know, and you know, pushing everyone forward, knowing that we've got a, a trial around the pitch, who could really exploit them, they lose that, unbeaten streak, I think it'd be, interesting to see, Liverpool, maybe not on, Thursday night, but, going forward second half, of this season, how much they, gamble on, an unbeaten streak, to get a win, because they're, you know them losing the league is very improbable at this point yeah
2: i mean i'll give you fantastic odds on it being nil nil at 75 minutes if you want to take me up on that <laughs> um i think that we have every opportunity you know we only need you know van dyke to have a, an iffy game and you can get in behind them and, and you know and really give them a game as you say and there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't win or get something out of that game it's it's not outside the, the, the realms of um you know probability and i do think this is one of those things where if we have to look forward to what we want to achieve as opposed to looking back and look at what we have achieved this is something that we should be earmarking as a game okay well let's show us the world the world will be watching this game what we can do and i think there's every opportunity for us to do that and i think it's important for us to not get overwhelmed by the occasion and not, you know, roll over and let the champions elect do what they do and, and blow teams away. And, and I think we've seen in, you know, when we previously played them, that won't happen. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a fascinating game. And, you know, you've only got to look at hashtag LFC Wolves on Twitter mm. to look at some of the humbling replies from some of the Liverpool fans to see that they aren't up for this game. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know that's not always the microcosm of what's actually going on at a club you know Twitter fans are very different to paying fans however you know you can see some, some of the replies there that they understand that this is going to be one of their trickiest games of the season
1: yeah
3: yeah, oh great. final thoughts I um, it's quite it's still quite weird sometimes when you see opposition fans of bigger clubs and ours actually having a sense of trepidation about Facing us like when United drew us in the cup, mm-hmm. they didn't want to play us. I know ultimately we, we didn't get through, but they did, they really didn't want to play us. A lot, a lot of the fans on Twitter were saying, "Oh, well, anyone Again? but Wolves." That's yeah. because last season we had the beating of them. So yeah, I just go back to what I said before. I, I just we you know I I would be elated if you know if we can win. I'd be happy with the draw, but I just think ultimately I think we can. We're one of the few teams who can actually just take it take it to yep. them we can take it to him. And, you know, even Vinagre, I know he's not pla he won't be playing this time around, but even he had the beating of Alexander Arnold when yeah. we played him, um, in the reverse fixture. So we've got the players that can hurt him. We've got the right mentality. We play the right way. We always play the same way. Um, it's interesting when you said about like it being nil-nil, what would he do at a certain point? I think Liverpool are kind of similar they just play one way as well. I don't think he'll worry too much that if it's nil-nil about protecting the losing streak. I, I honestly don't think he'll. You know, it, that's not probably at the forefront of Klopp's mind. He just wants to win the league, <laughs> firstly. But I think they'll just play their way, we'll play our way, and that's why I think it'll be a good game. He's got two good passing teams with... I know they've got a couple of world-class players in their team, but I just think we've got don't about a one-man team. We've got Traore, and he can just do anything. He can. Well, he, yeah, He, there can, is just, that, he yeah. can just take apart anyone, as he's proven
1: already I multiple that's times thing, this season. That's the thing with Wolves. Like we have, though, we have a couple of players in this team now who can be a catalyst for us beating any team. And they say it only takes a, only takes a fifty-yard Traore <laughs> run, which is it, it. Frankly, it doesn't matter if you've got an eighty-million-pound defender in front of you. He is not bothered. Mm-hmm. We've got a striker who if he gets half a yard he will shoot and there's a really good chance he'll score Um, what are our predictions guys what are you feeling
2: I just wanted to ask one thing with the you know what we mentioned about Dendonka
1: before yeah
2: knowing their firepower and knowing some of our defensive frailties the only change I would even consider making would be potentially bringing in Bennett in as, a, as an out and out defender I just want to wonder what your thoughts are on any
1: changes defensively I'd, or anything like that I'd probably keep Dendonka just for that slightly more athleticism mm-hmm. yeah that's um, fair but, but you know if if Bennett came in I I wouldn't have any qualms about him you know being a brick wall pretty much yeah
3: I, mean, I'm, I'm a, I think I'm well publicised big fan of, of Bennett I've always loved him um, I don't seem getting in, but no, uh, no, I don't. I, don't s- I can understand where you're coming from as well because dendonka has been a bit shaky. But um, I mean, I, I'd be happy with either of them. But I mean, um, probably because I know. But Bennett sacrifices a bit more passing ability, yeah. and uh, but the thing is, though, with that athleticism, Bennett reads the game better. Mm. As because like us say he's been he's been died in the wall, born and bred defender. Uh, Dendonka Again, we, we're not quite sure where his priority position is, if it's midfield or center or center half. But um, I, w- I will always, I would naturally, sl- I love Benny. I think I think he's brilliant. Um, he's shown time and again, you know, how d- dependable he can be. But um, I guess as a more all rounder, you would say it would be donker Yeah, I, 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 that's, I, fair. I don't that's really, fair. I don't really, I don't really see, a ch- I don't really envisage a change. No, really. I mean, I can, I can I can very much see it
1: work. being the team we played against Southampton. I think it'll be interesting to see if he keeps the you know the, the one and two at front or goes to sort of a three or he or Nuno sort of tries to give him that bit more flexibility but kind of get the feeling that they'll want to be as disciplined as possible in that role yeah. and I think that would probably mean having a front three just because it will require Neto to be really really, really switched on same as um, Troy on the other side you know like actually he's best probably when he's out on the flank and actually mm-hmm. he'll give Robertson more to think of. probably give Robertson more to think about playing out wide than having him as a striker up against Van Dyke, sort of thing but yeah. do we want to do a scores prediction?
2: I'm going to go for 1-1 one, one with Wolves taking the lead okay. and a 60th, 70th minute Liverpool equaliser to a nervy end
3: Mine's a bit more simple, I'm just gonna say, uh <laughs> one nil, wolves, netto. Okay, it's redemption for Manfield.
2: Arms flailing.
1: Will it extra
3: flailing. Extra flail.
2: A- extra, extra flail.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go two one Wolves. And it'll be a we'll go two 0 up, they'll score in the eighty odd minute and it will be the most nerve wracking <laughs> like last ten minutes you can imagine. Do we fancy doing a uh, quick Dan quiz? Let's do it. Okay, so big thanks to Dan for sending us over. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six, and a tiebreaker. So, notepads up and ready. There we go. Wolves today announced the signing of Ecuadorian striker Leonardo Campana. But can you name the team his fellow countryman, Segundo Castillo, made his debut um, against um, four Wolves? In September, uh, two thousand and nine. So basically, who did Secundo uh, Castillo make his debut against for Wolves?
2: Mm.
3: Uh, two thousand nine. Okay. So, I think. Would he started in some no mark league cup match or some at all? Would he have actually played a Premier League game?
1: Cast- Secundo
3: Castillo He
1: was. Te- he didn't really. He didn't really play that much for us today. No. Uh, Second, name translates, I believe, as Second Castle. What what year was this game? Sorry. Two fa- September 2009. It was a 910 season. Okay.
3: September 2009. Okay, so carry the one. <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, it
1: was. I'm just going to guess.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got to go through. Just going for a
1: guess. Okay, so who have we gone for? Uh, well, KPR. KPR, Fulham, West London, Massive. Mm. <laughs> one of you has got one nil up. It's Adam. Fulham. was Fulham. Get I believe, there. actually, Wolves won 2-1 that day and Kevin Doyle scored at least. Doyle Edwards, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Wolves played two games before being knocked out by Middlesbrough in the uh, 2008-09 FA Cup. Um, I'm trying to work out what this has got relation to anything. It probably, probably hasn't got probably <laughs> related to anything. Okay, so Wolves played two games before being knocked out by um, Middlesbrough in the oh eight oh nine 9 FA Cup. Uh, but who was the top goal scorer um, in that season for Wolves in that competition? In the League Cup. In the FA Cup, oh, in sorry. The FA Cup, sorry. In, the yeah. in the FA Cup,
3: Basi- Yeah, there so we was go. the top scorer
1: in the FA Cup? In 08-09. Oh, oh, and we oh. played three games in total, including when we went out to Middlesbrough. That
2: was
3: the season we okay. went up, wasn't it? It was, eight, yeah. I
1: think we lost to Middlesbrough at home from memory. So we I can't a, remember the other two games off the top of my head. We need a fringe player might
3: okay. be a bit obvious then, but I'm going to go. locked in. I'm locked in. Oh, it says Cokes. <laughs> I was going to say, right. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: were so many players I was like, "Was oh, that correct? Who?
2: I've got the Dangerous Dave.
1: Adam's gone 2-0 up. What? Sam Cokes. Sam, oh, Sam, Sam Cokes. Sam. Sam. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him a point. <laughs> the on me. Sam, Sam Cokes <laughs> with uh, two goals. Right. Wolves <laughs> captain and Liverpool's greatest ever academy graduate, Connor Cody, um, has played in... 11 League Cup games in his career. <laughs> but can you name the only team he scored against? Again, it, I'm assuming this is in League Cup. But well, it is in League Cup.
3: Uh, I don't know why.
1: Let us know how you're playing along at home <laughs> at WWFC. <laughs> <Fancast>. <laughs> um Let us know who else picked Sam Cokes <laughs>
2: Locked in. I'm lo- I don't even, uh, just, this has come to mind and I don't know why, and I think it's just a Liverpool ish connection. So uh, I've gone for Tranmere. Okay.
1: I've kept the London theme going. i gone for Millwall. It was Crawley. Balls in a 2 1 win. I believe it was like a diving header at the back post or stooping header, more likely. It's a
3: collector's item, either way. Yeah. Code e- either way, you're both <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Can we get to the
2: pop culture questions? I'm a lot,
3: I'm <laughs> lot
1: better at these than I am. They're coming up, don't <laughs> we? coming up. Can you name uh, the goalkeeper Wolves had on loan from Liverpool in 1999 who made no appearances for us? Uh, no, I can't. Wow. The that is, question. I mean, as niche goes, can you name the hell? Can you name a player Wolves had on their books who didn't even play for us in 1999? I don't even
3: know any Liverpool keepers. from I'll,
1: I'll, I'll level with you. I've never heard of him.
2: No, I'm going pa- to pass. I don't want to embarrass myself by naming a keeper that didn't even uh, play yeah. for the club.
1: To be fair, Adam, you can pass. You have got a 2-0 lead, so you're not going to lose points if you don't guess. My answer is Jerry Rogers. <laughs> Jerry Rogers. <laughs> I don't, I don't it was uh, Jorgen Nilsson. Oh,
3: of course. Of, of course. Oh, him. Oh, Jorgen Nilsson. <laughs> oh, sorry, I
1: thought
3: you said George Nielsen.
1: <laughs> okay, so 15 years ago tomorrow, which will be the 22nd of January... Uh, 2015 Wolves found out 2-1 winners away to Millwall are, um, under Glen Hoddle name the scorers that day for Wolves
3: a 2-1 win against Millwall under Glen Hoddle
1: yeah right okay I think it was him
2: what, what year sorry
1: uh, 05. No, 05 it would have been the 04-05 season so Holler wouldn't have been in charge that long I want to give it away by saying what I want. I've got a comment about the two players, but I'm going to withhold it until you've both given me your answers. Um, well, it definitely wasn't just, Frankowski. Just, just to make things interesting, um, and it's only interesting if Matt gets both from right and Adam gets both from wrong. I, I will go. give you, I will give you two points. So I'll give you a point for each, which I know Dan doesn't usually a fan of, but.
2: I've I've locked. In, I'm I locked think. in. Yeah, okay. I don't know why I bother. To be
1: honest
3: with you. Okay, is. I've gone for Rowan Ricketts and Kenny Miller. Mm. Oh, I took Kenny Miller out. I've gone
2: for instance Shoal Sol. It's two
1: one. It was Oliphant and Yana and Sol. Um, that is peak 05 if you ask me. I remember. I used
2: to when I used to work at Molyneux One of the stewards would every time he would score, he would vehemently say we need to put on I'm a soul man when he scores oh, yeah. and I was just like no, nah, it's never going to happen please don't try and push this to the club because it will happen it'll be awful
1: <laughs> okay uh, last question unless we need go to a tiebreaker celebrity Liverpool fan and actor Stephen Graham appeared on the hit UK TV show This Is England as the character Combo but what was Combo's surname in the show sharing the same name as a former England footballer uh, for, former England midfielder. Sorry, don't know. I've never seen it. Can you believe it? Never seen it. This was yeah. your this was your time to shine as well. I know. And when he said Stephen Graham,
2: yeah. I was like, ah, oh, little boy Blue. Like he was just in. Um, what was it? What have I seen him in? He was in the Irishman. He was in all sorts. I thought I've got this now, yeah. but then it's a film I've never there seen.
1: There is it. a Walls Link being the you know.
2: Consumer I should hope so as podcast. well. <laughs> um, can we repeat? The, can we repeat the latter half of the question? Okay.
1: What was Combo's surname in the show showing the, name, showing the same name as a formal England midfielder?
2: I think I've got this completely wrong but there's a Wolves link. Okay, right, let's just go through. it.
1: You locked in, Adam?
3: Uh, I don't know if there's Wolves in England. I'm just going to go for... <laughs> Inns. <Ince. It's> Gascoigne. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's a tenuous uh, Wolves link. Yeah, I, d- yeah, I
1: did yeah. say. Yeah, right, yeah. should we do a tiebreaker quickly? Let's go
2: through. I, I, I can see defeat, but um, <laughs> uh, for the How many FA tournament. Cup
1: goals did uh, former Wolves in Liverpool uh, striker Robbie Keane score in his career?
3: How many FA Cup goals? Yeah. I mean, FA cup, FA I mean Adams here.
1: Adams won because we've gone to a I'm going anchor, to but just guess at 12.
2: Uh and Way Height, 21. Do we
1: go 12? 12, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
2: There we go.
3: Oh, everything's called a mill house for me as well. <laughs> right, should we finish
1: off with a, a bit of Twitter corner? Let's do it. Right, uh, big thank you for everyone who submitted a uh, cheeky question in for tonight. Um, let's see if I can find the tweet. That's the, the new Twitter corner music. Jingle. There we go, it's right at the top. Right, I really should sort of. Uh <laughs> We should have fed of these, but we'll just we'll just roll from the top and we'll skip through when we need to. Roll the punches. Um I'll just go through our first up because I don't really have an answer for it from uh, Todd DeWitt. Um, okay. Fancast friend. They got the Colorado Walls. Yeah. Um nice little plug for you. Uh when's your guest appearance on the Molin New View? I'm still awaiting uh a, 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 a what what you know
3: this, when there's the stout wax scrolls, the seagull, I'm still <laughs> I'm still awaiting one of those from Tim and or Jackie
1: i feel like for me to appear on that podcast i feel like i should get like a card with like an instruction on to like solve a riddle which will take me to a next place and i feel like i'd need to do about 12 or so to, mm, to um, I like get that. on there I feel that that might just have to be the new way we can't let people into the fan cast as well through elaborate uh riddles and treasure treasure hunts um okay Which TV show could John Ruddy replace um, after his stellar performance in Wall's Taskmaster? Ooh, that's a good question.
3: What what character could he replace? Um, TV show host. Oh, what TV TV show could he host? Uh, I don't know. Strike it lucky. (laughs) Strike (laughs) it lucky. Oh, my God. That's a blast from the past. (laughs) He could go in the hot spots. I
2: like it. Um, I think he'd be suited in a... Maybe pointless. I think he's cleverer than we think, so probably been pointless. And he can be, he can be the the chap who sits there and gives the pointless answers.
1: Uh, What's his name? Richard Richard Osman. Richard Osman. He
2: can be. He's tall as well. So
1: there's (laughs) one thing you know. There's one. See, I was thinking like Crime Watch because he looks quite tough, and like I feel like if he was, you know, saying, "Have you seen this person?" You'd listen to him.
3: Tough exterior, but a heart of gold.
1: Yeah, I think like you know, I think he. He'd help you move house, but, (laughs) you know, he also... um, Okay. Right. So, uh, this is from Andy Gillard. Do any of you fine gentlemen uh, know how to... uh, um, Do any of you fine gentlemen know how to get good, consistent results when cooking quinoa?
2: Uh, from my understanding of quinoa, it is similar to cooking risotto rice in that you've got to let it absorb the water, I think. You gotta, it's got to be, you've got to like boil it or simmer it until it's absorbed all the water, and then I think you season it, I think. That's about as much as I know. How long ago did you submit
3: this question? Two hours ago. I'm just trying to think, is he live-cooking quinoa right now? And he, um, needs, the, he needs the answer ASAP.
2: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, I, I assume, judging by Andy, he's already cooked with quinoa today. It's got gone got very frustrated, and he's now <laughs>
3: venting it out uh, on the podcast. I'm going to give it another go tomorrow once he you gets your answer. <laughs> Trust Yeah, well,
2: <laughs> you know, I do... Know my way around quinoa. No, I don't. Google knows its way around quinoa, and I saw this on Twitter <laughs> corner prior to, prior
3: to hosting. Oh, he's done his own work prior to coming on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know uh, anything
2: about the 05 season, but get me in front of a packet of quinoa and I'm your man.
3: I mean, I, I have nothing more to add on that because I've never once in my life cooked quinoa. I don't see that change anytime soon. So, my advice is to go with what Matt said. Yeah,
1: no I mean, vegan, for you? New. No. No. <laughs> Let's said about that the Uh better. One from uh, Jack. Um, best snowboarding game of all time. There's um, only one, isn't there? SSX Tricker? That's the only yeah, game I'm nah. playing. Yeah, 1080 Snowboarding on N64. Oh, no. Didn't play Didn't uh,
2: have an
3: N64. Nah, I did. Yeah. I had that one. SSX, SSX Tricker,
2: game. yeah, I had that. I had an N64. But I'm, I'm sure I didn't there was a
1: Sean White. I just made up a person. I'm, I'm sure
2: it's Sean. Yeah, Sean White's a person. He exists So somewhere. I'm, I'm sure
1: there's a Sean. Uh, yeah, as uh, a uh, Sean White snowboarding game as well, but 1080 snowboarding on the N64 was also very good. You know
2: what was really good is a slight tangent. Did you ever play da- uh is it David, not David Hoffman? What, well, the BMX game? Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman, mm. uh, BMX, that was class as well. Cool. In that era when Tony Hawks had come out and anyone wanted that sweet, sweet punk rock Uh Yeah, and, and, and you know, yeah, th- all those games were fantastic, to be fair.
1: Yeah. Right, last question from Alex Moore. Uh, Round V the, the Alex, V Moore. Alex Moore, uh, okay. George Savile himself. So uh, favorite type of cheese? Um,
2: I'm gonna go with halloumi. I've got a
3: clear, a clear winner with this because I have it on my uh, omelets every morning. Cheddar, feta, okay, feta, feta, feta cheese. I mm. would
2: consume a lot of it. How does it bit. cook? Because it's very crumbly, isn't it? Feta. You just
3: cut like a. a sec- I can't believe we got to this. Being there, but <laughs> cut it you and know, just cut like a a rectangle section of it mm. off, and then just cut slices slice of it into your omelette put it under the grill when they have cooked everything. lovely
2: well it's, it's early enough in the evening that I can still go out and like have one I think maybe <laughs> yeah. do you want to help <laughs> like, with a close second as goat's cheese okay. oh nah, man,
3: I not. do like I like e like like
1: like ed- ed- cheese as well hmm. it's like a step up from cheddar do you know what I mean like cheddar's very baseline isn't it it's a, stand-
2: it's, it's a basic bitch of a cheese yeah
1: like you know it, if you go home and that's your favourite. You probably need to reevaluate a few things and well, see. What else. And I'm not a big cheese fan, but you know, I like red Leicester. Actually, again, that that's like.
3: What the one with the blue veins coming through? Ah oh, no, nah, no, mad. That, I'm, that, that, that scares that me.
1: Smelly ones. No, I, I,
2: no. I'm down to try feta though. That sounds right. lovely. Having yeah. salad, don't you? A lot of salads and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, having salads. Is this yeah. is this going to be a Poland's thing with a Greek connection? Where we want to start going mad for feta, and we've gone full circle, <laughs> guys. There we, go. <laughs>
1: there we go. What a lovely way to uh, finish this week's pod. Make sure you keep up to date with us on all of our social media channels. So at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, um, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. I genuinely, I say this every time. I'm pretty sure we still have a Pinterest board. Don't know what's on it. But, yeah, I was going to say, it's not been updated, but, yeah. Um, Yeah, um, everyone enjoy... Oh, yes, before we go. So, this is podcast, I think, 397 or 398, which means we're coming up to a big 400-show pod. We're doing something uh, slightly differently for the show um, this year, and we're actually going to be recording it live at the uh, Litchgate in Wolverhampton. Um, it's going to be on Friday the 7th of February Um, we'll be doing a podcast sort of as normal um, kind of like we're doing now just over the table having a few drinks Um, more than welcome to come and join us if you've got any views that you want to sort of share on air you know we'll uh, we'll be there for sort of I think most of the evening and sort of hopefully having a few drinks or two with some uh, great listeners but keep an eye on our socials for a bit more information on that but until then it's goodbye from Matt take it easy it's goodbye from Adam goodbye and it's goodbye from me goodbye
0: Hey, podcaster, meet Acast. We're the top independent podcast network for creators in the know. We empower you to develop your podcast idea, find your audience, and grow listener relationships, wherever those listeners are. You'll also find a whole range of ways to make money, from membership plans for paying fans, to our fully curated and creative advertising experience. Visit Acast.com slash network to find out more. Acast, for the stories.